We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oh, here we go. It's Friday, everybody. Welcome to the Irish Breakdown Podcast. I am Vince D'Addario. I am the football analyst here at irishbreakdown.com. And it is a Friday free-for-all mailbag. And I'm fired up. I'm excited. Brian will be here momentarily. He will definitely join us. So don't worry. Uh, It's not just going to be me. Uh, So we are going to have some fun today. Uh, and I will try to get to everybody's questions. If you have a recruiting question, because there is some uh, obvious recruiting stuff going on. It's a huge recruiting weekend for Notre Dame. Brian will be on, uh, and he will be able to answer those specific questions because he is the recruiting guy. Uh, So very excited about this weekend, everybody. I'm telling you right now, I have – I was talking to Brian earlier today. We were texting back and forth, and uh, I am – Maybe I don't know if I'm overly confident about what's going to happen tomorrow or what, but I I have great a great feeling about what things are going to look like tomorrow when Notre Dame takes the field against Cincinnati at two thirty. Uh, I am super excited. Uh, I am I am really fired up for you know what this is going to look like uh, tomorrow. I think Notre Dame is going to have a great plan. I, I'm obviously super confident in what the defense is going to do. And I think the offense is going to start to click a little bit. I, I think that this Cincinnati defense is vulnerable to the run. I, I'm just – I feel really good about tomorrow. I don't know. I, we'll see what happens. I, I actually feel better than what my prediction said yesterday, but I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to stick with the 28-24. I think that's what I had. Uh, but I'm fired up, man. I am super, super duper excited. All right, so let's – Head over to the comments section and see if we can find some great questions. Tommy Gunn's always in. Rocking the IB Nation. Ready to go. I'm fired up as well, Tommy. This is going to be a great weekend for Notre Dame football. I can feel it in my bones. Uh, really, really fired up. TJ says, greeting IB Nation. Hard to find Irish fans in Southern Caribbean. Uh, it may be hard to find uh, Notre Dame fans in the Southern Caribbean, but uh, the fact that you're in the Southern Caribbean, I think you win. Uh, so I, I, <laughs> I think you're you're pretty good to go. I'd rather be there than in the on the southern side of South Bend. Um, 
We do have a super chat from DJ Wilson jumping in. Thank you, DJ. Very, very much appreciate it. He said, just want to show support for our favorite ND coverage. Really appreciate that, DJ. We had, we just completed yesterday one of our best, well, not one of, our best month uh, our company has seen <clears throat> since we got things going. And that's 100% all about you guys. And we couldn't be more excited about, you know, the direction for Irish Breakdown. And I, I know that I'm speaking for Brian when I say how excited we are about where everything is going and, and the support that we have and the family that we have here at Irish Breakdown. And it's it's absolutely amazing. You know, we look forward to talking with you guys every single day. And, you know, it that wouldn't be possible without all of your support and without just the the excitement that you guys bring uh, to what we're doing. So really appreciate everything you guys are doing. There's also some really good conversation going on over on the boards. Uh, so make sure you are checking that out. Uh, always good things going on over at the boards. Let's see. Eric Ward says, I'm nervous. Hope we are ready. Eric, come on, man. Jump on the bandwagon with me. I'm not nervous at all. I think it's going to be great. Alan says, he, he says, we're ready. Uh, TJ says, always nervous like a day at work when everything in your life rides on you doing your job. That is a great point. If Notre Dame just goes out and does their job, they're going to win this game. I'm telling you, man to man, Notre Dame should win this game. We, we, we saw, you know, it's not all about recruiting, but, you know, when we uh, when we put up the recruiting comparison, we got Notre Dame versus Cincinnati. There there is no comparison. I mean, Notre Dame should win this game. I mean, the fact that they're an underdog for the second week in a row, the fact that they're an underdog at home, uh, they've got a twenty six game win streak at home. And yes, I realize they almost lost it to Toledo. I get that, but every team slips up every now and again, right? We we talked a million times about how you know Clemson struggles with Syracuse. Right. Um, they they almost lost to what was it, Georgia Tech at home. Right. So they were a goal line stand away from, you know, losing at home to Georgia Tech. So, yeah, I get it. I totally get it. But the fact that uh, Notre Dame is an underdog, I think it's just going to fire them up. And then, of course, Desmond Ritter had to open his mouth and talk a little bit of garbage, uh, which we know for a fact is bulletin board material for Notre Dame. So uh, that's not exactly the place that I would want to be um, if I'm the Cincinnati Bearcats. We'll see how they handle that when they come into Notre Dame Stadium. Uh, but it's going to be very, very interesting to see. We got another super chat here from Tom. Tom, thank you very, very much. Will Kelly let Tommy Reese open it up with screens, jet sweeps, and using all of their speed? I'll tell you what, Tom, I don't think Brian Kelly is really telling Tommy Reese what he can and can't do. I think it's all Tommy. Um, I said earlier, I think it was the prediction show um, where I, I said, look, I maybe I'm being optimistic, but I've seen them work on a lot of screens in practice, right? I've seen them do a lot of that stuff with, with uh, sweeps and, and, you know, using their speed and, you know, all of that fun stuff. I have seen it with my own eyes. I have empirical evidence that it is in the playbook. Uh, I would love to think that they just kind of saved it up. Uh, you know, maybe that's not the case. I'm not sure, but I think this is the perfect week to unveil some of that stuff. I really, really do. I think that you can, you can get Cincinnati because they are so aggressive defensively. I think that you can get them with some of those screens and misdirections and things of that nature. And, and, I, and we know that it's in the playbook. We know 
that there's the speed to burn, um, whether you're talking about the running backs, whether you're talking about Braden Lindsey. You could even work with Avery Davis on some of those uh, jets and things of that nature. I just I just think this is the perfect week to open that up. Um, so I think the, the real question is, will Tommy Reese open it up? I don't think it's a case of will Kelly allow Tommy Reese to open it up. I think Tommy Reese pretty much has control um you know of what he wants to do so um i'm I'm hoping he does that's that's really all i gotta say tom i i i you and i are, are right together on this one uh i really hope that he does okay let's see where we're at gotta scroll back up A lot of excitement for the podcast, which I do love. Uh, Dan Clement says, if the Notre Dame offensive line plays better and, and Notre Dame wins, but not in a blowout, do you think the rest of the schedule being so weak will allow the national audience to dismiss Notre Dame? If Notre Dame wins this game, they will be favored, you know, the rest of the way, right? Um, is it a weak schedule? I would say that going into the preseason, everybody thought this was, you know, the toughest five game stretch that anybody's ever seen. And, you know, all of those things. I think North Carolina obviously had a misstep early. Um, their their defense looks atrocious. Their offense isn't scoring enough to to help that defense. Uh, USC obviously had to fire their head coach. So, they, I mean, they got curb stomped by uh, Oregon State. So it makes the schedule a little bit softer, obviously. Um, they're not going to dismiss Notre Dame because Notre Dame, if they win this week, they got a great chance of winning the winning out. If they win out, they're in the playoff. Period. End of discussion. No questions asked. So they're not. They can dismiss Notre Dame all they want. Uh, you know, from an, an analytical standpoint, you know, I don't think Notre Dame can. You know, all that. That's fine. You know, dismiss this team at your own peril. Because if they go undefeated, they're going to be in the playoff, and they're going to have an opportunity to answer their critics. That, that's the way I see it. I don't. At this point, I don't really give a crap what the media says uh, or the national audience because we've seen very clearly that the college football playoff committee uh, likes Notre Dame, and whether Notre Dame's an eleven and one team or a twelve and zero team, they got a great shot of getting in. Uh, and the more parity that we see at the top, the better the chances are. So if Notre Dame wins out, they're in. No question. Uh, and so if they, if they win and they're in, they'll be able to prove it themselves. And it doesn't matter what anybody else says. If they prove it on the field, that's all that matters. So, Dan, I love the question. Uh, I'm hoping the O-line plays better. I'm hoping Notre Dame wins. If the O-line plays better, this game's not going to be close. Um, that That's kind of how I feel about the whole thing. I, I don't – if the line plays better, this team's going to take off. So – uh, I don't think it'll be a close game if the pl if the line plays even average overall, right? See, we got another super chat from Q Kibbs ninety seven. Thank you very, very, very much. He says people need to understand that Buckner is simply part of what we do on offense. It isn't because anyone sucks or trying to be old Boise State. No, you're absolutely right, Kibbs. Um, Tyler Buckner is an uh, exceptional athlete. Uh, he's a very, very good quarterback. He is the quarterback of the future, right? Now, when does the future start? I don't know. Will it be at the end of this year? Will it be next year? Um, you know, 
I think Drew Pine might have something to say about this whole situation, right? Because he's coming back next year. So you're going to have a quarterback competition next year between Drew Pine and Tyler Buckner. Um, and everybody's so high on Drew Pine and they want him to start this week and all that. Well, he's still going to be around next year too. So, you know, are you throwing him to the side and starting Tyler Buckner? You know, you know what, what are all these people's plans who want to start Drew Pine, um, you know, this week? I just, I completely agree with Kibbs on this one. I think that, you know, t- they are using Tyler Buckner perfectly. They got him a package. He's the changeup. He's the spark. He's all of those different things, right? I think that's a perfect place for him this year as a true freshman who hasn't played football in almost two years, okay? It's a perfect position for him. It, there's, it doesn't put all the pressure on him. There's a big difference between being the package quarterback and being the guy that's the starter with all the pressure on his shoulders, right? We haven't seen Tyler Buckner come to the podium, you know, post-game. Um, it's the starting quarterback that comes to the podium post-game, right? Um, and so I, I frankly, I'm very happy with the way that Notre Dame is using Tyler Buckner. I, if I'm being honest, I'm a little shocked that they're using him this way, uh, in a good way, like good shocked, um, because I, I love the way they're doing it as a changeup. So, um, yeah, people absolutely need to understand that, you know, again, he's the future and there's nothing wrong with that. He's the future. So get excited about that fact. And be excited about what he brings to the table this year and, and the manner in which they're using him because he's a special quarterback. He's a special talent, and they're putting him on the field, and I love that. The Sunset Kid, time to put Cincy back to the JV squad. Go Irish. Love that. I love that. Robert, I have a feeling with all the talking by Cincinnati, Notre Dame is going to dominate like they did against Florida State at Notre Dame with Winbush at quarterback predicting Notre Dame 45 to 14. I would be on board with that, Robert. That would make uh, for a very pleasant weekend for me personally. So I, I'm all about that. And I think it's very much in the realm of possibility. I I, I rewatched the IU Cincinnati game this morning. I'm telling you, if anybody hasn't gone back and watched that game, IU left so many opportunities out on that field. If they connect on their opportunities, they don't go for it on fourth and one inside the 10 yard line. If they, you know, all those different things, it should have been a blowout in IU's favor. And we're not even having this conversation about Cincinnati right now. So uh, I I agree with you, Robert. I, I think that I would not be shocked if that ended up happening. I really wouldn't. I really wouldn't. I, I don't know what it was about the uh, the night of sleep I got last night, man, but I'm feeling frisky. I'm feeling good about what Notre Dame brings to the table for tomorrow. I I, I do. I do. D-Rock says, time to step it up, Reese, and the offense. Game five. I think it's time to open things up a little bit. Uh, I completely agree with you, D-Rock. I really do. Eric, 1863. I wonder if that's like a year. Is that a year that you enjoyed uh, in history, maybe? That'd be That'd be exciting. That's right, right in the midst of the Civil War. It's a lot of fun in 1863. Anyway, uh, hey, guys. I think the Irish win tomorrow. Forced turnovers and short fields lead to early touchdowns. Big recruiting weekend. Anyone you have your eye on. Walker Howard seems interesting guy to get on campus. Uh, again, Eric, uh, Brian will kind of come on and be the recruiting guy. So we will come back to that. I'm sure that there's going to be other questions as we move forward. Um so your question absolutely will get answered about the recruiting part of things, but I love your prediction. I absolutely love it because I think this defense is going to come out just absolutely on fire 
on fire tomorrow. They're they're chomping at the bit. They're like a racehorse uh, in the gates, and they're just waiting for the gate to open. And it's going to be a secretariat, man. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm super fired up. Allen English, 34-24 Notre Dame. This will be the first game of the season where Notre Dame has more sacks than their opponent. Notre Dame will have its first 100-yard rushing performance of the season. I like that. I like that a lot. I, I think this Cincinnati team is very susceptible to the run. I really, IU had a lot of opportunities in the run game. A lot of opportunities in the run game. Ty B, keeping it simple. Let's go. Yes, let's go. Jared Vineyard, have a good feeling about this game, much more so than headed into the Wisconsin game. My gut tells me Notre Dame is going to make this their statement win. Go Irish. I love where everybody's head is at. I, I love it. Notre Dame football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Notre Dame tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all Notre Dame tickets. TickPick got rid of all of those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all their Irish tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. The Irish are back home this Saturday for a top 10 showdown as number seven Cincinnati rolls into town for one of the biggest matchups of the season. I'll be there to watch the Irish and the Bearcats. Will you? Just visit TickPick.com slash Irish today and use the promo code Irish and save $10 on your first order of Notre Dame tickets. Again, that's TickPick.com slash Irish and use the promo code Irish and you'll save $10 off your first order of Notre Dame tickets. Uh, TJ, who believes Reese needs to move Cone? I assume that means move him out of the pocket, you know, move things around. Agreed. Agreed. I think that's one way that you fight back against an offensive line that isn't really doing what you needed to do, right? So I have no problem with that whatsoever. You know, get him out on a roll, get him out on a boot, get him, you know, roll the pocket a little bit. I, I think that that's fantastic. I, I love that. Ty B says, I know I'm feeding into the hype, but why do I want why do I want Drew Pine to start? Also, I want to crush Cincinnati. Well, I don't know. Why do you want Drew Pine to start? I mean, look, I love what I saw from Drew Pine. I, I, I we we've been talking about Drew Pine forever. I I think I think he does a great job. I, I have no problem with Drew Pine whatsoever. I if like I and we said it, you know, all week. If Jack Cohen isn't ready to go, I have complete faith in Drew Pine, and it doesn't change my opinion of how this game is going to go in any way. Um, but if Jack Cohn's healthy, you start Jack Cohn. He, he's he's your starter. He's your guy. You roll you roll with him um, until you can't roll with him anymore. Right now, is there stuff that Jack Cohn needs to clean up? Yeah, he he needs to not be as skittish in the pocket. I get that, but I also have a feeling that if Drew Pine was getting his brains beat in on a regular basis, he might be a little skittish in the pocket too. So. You know, I think that's I think that's part of it. I think that's absolutely part of it. Let's see. We got a uh, we got another super chat from Logan Hale. I'm going to go down and grab it, Logan. 
Uh, thank you very much, Logan. He says, you demand, Vince. Any chance we see Rocco in the rotation this weekend? Christophic has looked good, and maybe Rocco can give us some more beef up front. Logan, look, man, from what we saw in the spring, I mean, Rocco Spindler was working with the ones. He, he was he was the starting left guard uh, during camp. And, it, you know, during spring camp, during spring ball. I don't know how you fall from grace that fast during fall camp to where they played nine offensive linemen and Rocco Spindler isn't one of them. Um, I, I I don't know. I, I don't I would love to see him get a shot. It's it's kind of seems like you know. Uh, I think somebody made. I don't want to take credit for this. I think somebody said something along these lines. Um, but it, it's like uh, you know Jeff Quinn is like Oprah. You get a shot to play. You get a shot to play. You get a shot to play. I mean, nine offensive linemen. That's nuts. And I realize you had you've had injuries and you you know there's been different you know scenarios. Um, but you know, four tackles, you know, I think there's been three or four uh, guards. You know, the only position that hasn't really come off the field is Jarrett Patterson, right? Apparently he doesn't get tired. I, I don't know what the, the thought process is there, but um, I, I, you know, it's just, I would love to see him. I'll just, I'll just say that. I would love to see Rocco Spindler. What have you got to lose at this point? After you watch the film and you watch these guards play, and you've got a kid here whose dad, I believe, played in the NFL. What have you got to lose? I don't see much. I don't. I don't. I honestly don't see what you've got to lose. So, um, I, I would love to see Rocco Logan. I, I'm with you. You and I are on the same page on that one. That's for sure. All right. Uh, G Johnson says, if the Irish offense struggles in the first half under Cone, do we see Pine in the second half? It's possible. It depends on how he's struggling, right? If he's struggling because he has no time in the pocket uh, and he's getting sacked because, you know, as soon as he gets to the top of his drop, he's getting hammered. That's not a Jack Cohn problem. And I don't see how that would be any different with Drew Pine. Um, I, and I know people think that Drew Pine is so much more mobile than Jack Cohn. He's not that much more mobile. He's, he's more mobile. I'll give him that, but he's not that much more mobile. And when the, when the pockets collapsing around you, there's not a whole lot you can do about it. Um, so it just depends on how he's struggling. I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know. I, I, I would be interested to see that if he's really, really struggling. I mean, just throwing the ball into the dirt, you know, overthrowing, making bad reads, maybe throws a pick six, you know, something along those lines. It's definitely possible. Um, it's definitely possible. I think that they would have confidence in Drew Pine. Um, I would. You know, I would have confidence in him. You know, there's always that, well, if we go to our backup, are we really upgrading kind of situation? Um, but I think with the, I don't want to say popularity of, of Drew Pine, but the guys are going to play for him, and they're going to play hard for him. Not that they're not playing hard for Jack, but they're going to continue to play hard for Drew so you don't lose anything there, which I think is important. Um, so yeah, I think that there's definitely a possibility for that to happen. I, I do. D rock wants to know who the conference officials are going to be for tomorrow's game. Well, usually the, excuse me, the visitors bring the, the officials. So that would lead me to believe it's the athletic or the athletic conference officials. Um, I don't know that for a fact until I get up, uh, into the box and I see, you know, they've got them all written down there at the bottom of the call sheet. Um, 
uh, the flip card that has all the rosters and the depth charts and stuff on it. Um, so I would assume it's going to be the athletic conference officials, <clears throat> which would be huge for them. Um, but I'm not 100% sure. So it'll either be them or the ACC. I mean, that, that you know, Notre Dame obviously has a, a contract with the ACC. And so that's, you know, who they would have if it's not the opposing um, the opposing team's conference. Jeremy Miller says, I think Saturday is important because coaches Kelly, Mickens, and Freeman all came from Cincinnati. Kelly's been here for over 10 years now. There's no excuse he shouldn't have the better team. No, look, it's Notre Dame versus Cincinnati. Cincinnati is not a Power 5 team. At least they're not until they get to the Big 12. And that doesn't necessarily mean that their roster gets so much turnover that they're automatically a Power 5 roster either. So, look, this is a very good team, Okay. Cincinnati's probably the best team on Notre Dame's schedule. I, I, I don't know that anybody would disagree with that at the moment. Do they have the most talent? No. <clears throat> you could make a case for USC. Uh, you can make a case for Wisconsin. You, know, you can make a case for a lot of different schools that would have more talent, but are they the best team? Yeah. Are they the best coached? Probably right up there. Um, and so now, there is no excuse. I completely agree with you, right? And if you dig a little bit deeper – there's guys on the strength staff that came from Cincinnati. You know, there's people in the front office that came from Cincinnati. There's a lot of people that came from Cincinnati. Um, and it, it's going to be there. There's a lot of storylines here. Right. And then there's people that are on Cincinnati's roster that came from Notre Dame. So um, it, it's an important game. The, 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 relationships run deep there's no question about it so this is this is a, an emotional game for a lot of people too but when it when it when you cut right down to it yes Notre Dame should absolutely win this game Notre Dame versus any athletic conference uh, or American athletic conference I think I said athletic conference the American athletic conference uh Notre Dame versus any of them they should be better they should be I mean it's Notre Dame they're they're a perennial top 10 team at this point um so yes I, I completely agree with that Jeremy uh, we got another super chat. I don't want to miss it. Craig Sebring. Thank you, Craig. Really appreciate it. Uh, in all caps. I don't know if I'm supposed to yell this at you guys or not. Uh, but he says, we need to make it loud for Didier and send a message to him that you don't talk trash when coming into our house. Go Irish. Uh, obviously that's, uh, the Ritter, the, the quarterback who decided to say that it's not going to be very loud at Notre Dame stadium. And I hope he's right. I mean, I hope that you're right, Craig, and that the people bring the noise, the funk, uh, to Notre Dame stadium and, and people get excited about it, man. I mean, look, this is a top 10 matchup. Okay. <clears throat> I suppose we need to forget about the fact that they're from the American athletic conference and look, it's a top 10 team. And if Notre Dame wins this game, it's a top 10 win. It's a big win. They're the underdog at home. This is a big win if they win. I think they're going to win, but it's still, you know, what more do you want from Notre Dame? They they were over they were almost a touchdown dog in Chicago. One huge, right? And yes, the defense stepped up, the defense scored a bunch of points. I totally get that. But when you're making spreads, it's not, you know, Notre Dame's offense that the spread is considered it's, it's the total team points, right? It's a team game and they clearly covered the six and a half, right? And last time I checked Notre Dame's a one and a half point dog here. So if they win the game, man, good things are coming. Good things are coming and we will continue to come to Notre Dame.
I don't know how Brian does these shows solo. My mouth is already dry. <clears throat> All right. Let's see here. Tom uh, Frawley says, what's the story on Walker Howard from Louisiana? Brian will answer that as soon as he gets in. He's taking care of some business. So uh, he's leaving me solo until he gets back, which is totally cool because I'm hanging out with my IB family, and I'm very happy. Nathan Lytle, what's the likelihood that the offensive line actually takes the steps forward necessary to be solid this weekend? Look, we've seen incremental steps. We've seen incremental steps on the offensive line. And yes, we are looking for positive when we watch the film, okay? Uh, And we are not saying the bar is set high at this point when we talk about improvement uh, from the offensive line. I feel like the bar is set so that a toddler could accidentally fall and waddle over the line, okay? Uh, Or waddle over the bar. But we have seen incremental improvement from the offensive line. The last two games, we've we've seen better fight from them, right? But the fundamentals are still lacking. So what's the likelihood that they take steps forward? I think they'll take steps forward. Are they going to take the necessary steps forward to be a decent line? Maybe. Hopefully. That'd be great. What's the likelihood? If I was like going to put it on a scale of one to 10, I'd put it at like a four for me because I just haven't seen enough proof that that's going to be the case. But I, mean, I hope so, Nathan. I, there's talent here that these guys don't live in a cave. Like they know what people are saying. And if I'm in their shoes, yeah, man, it piss me off. Like I'm doing the best I can here. It's going to give me more drive to work a little harder, to do a little extra, do a little more, right? That's how competitors are. And you don't get a scholarship to go to the University of Notre Dame unless you're a competitor. Um, So I got to think that these guys are taking it personally. I hope they are uh, because they have what it takes to be an average offensive line. And if they're an average offensive line, this offense is going to take off like a rocket ship. Um, I, I, I believe that, and I'm looking forward to seeing it. Uh, Craig Sebring. Has a prediction, 35-17 Notre Dame. Love it. Let's see. Tom, is Michael Carmody healthy? Yes, I believe he is healthy, and he will be getting reps on Saturday. Uh, So we'll see what that rotation looks like between him and Tosh. Uh, Tosh Baker. We got another super chat, so I'm going to go down and find that one. John Klimek, what's up? Says Nathan, if they actually step forward, that would be an improvement. Stop catching and punch, keep their base and drive. Right there. Couldn't have said it any better myself. Tell you what, I've said those words about a hundred thousand times to my high school offensive lineman. And I feel like I, I would love to get one practice in with the defense with the with the Notre Dame offensive line so I can yell about those things too. I just it seems so elementary. I, I'm with you, John. It seems so elementary that I would love to, you know, see how things are going at practice. Um, and if I'm not hearing what I think I should be hearing, I just want to be like, hey, uh, Jeff, I got this. We're good here, man. Why don't you just go take a break? Take a water break. Uh, we're going to talk about some fundamentals. Okay, everybody in your stance. <laughs> okay, our first step. We're going to step and punch. We're going to, you know, I just feel like it's it's such elementary stuff that I've done 100,000 times with 14, 15, 16-year-olds. But, um, look, again, these guys are competitors. They want to be better. I hope we see some more of it today. Brian, my guy, what's up? I can't believe up? you started without me. I'm so mad. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got a schedule to keep, pal. I know. Uh, you know. I appreciate you. I appreciate Absolutely. you carrying the 
carrying the show while I was gone. So no, it's one, all good. One so of we, the things about running a business is sometimes you actually have to run the business. So <laughs> <laughs> it's not just all that. fun and games and showing up for shows. So yeah, right. Everybody's patience, but yeah, I, I just kind of jumped in here, Vince, and I saw. I saw a comment from AJ. I don't know if you got to it. He said, basically, basically pointed out that they've ran more screens to Ben Skoranek last year than, or jet sweeps to Ben Skoranek last year. Ah, and they've run to Brayden Lindsay or Chris Tyree this year. <clears throat> That's, That's hilarious. So bad. So bad. So bad. Uh, we had a question earlier um, about the, the, the recruiting weekend mm-hmm. uh, and the quarterback from Louisiana. So Walker Howard. I, I yeah. will just let you kind of go with that, see if you've got any background on what he's doing on campus and what this weekend looks like yeah it's it's going to be a, so walker howard is a 2022 quarterback so he's in he's already he's in the same class as steve angeli notre dame obviously already has a quarterback in the 2022 class what i've been able to gather is that notre, this is something that's been going on for a while and they're recruiting for a while my understanding and i haven't got a direct i haven't got direct confirmation of this but talking to a couple sources it sounds like Notre Dame has they, Steve Angeli knows that they've they've talked about bringing in a second quarterback, so this is not necessarily new to him. And that's important, though. I mean, right. you got a kid in your class already. You got to at least give him the heads up as to what's going on. I mean, I, I think I, I like that from an integrity standpoint. It's a must because then you run the risk yeah. of not getting either one of them. Right. Absolutely. He is a committed to LSU. His dad played at LSU. I'd be shocked if he doesn't go to LSU. I've heard a lot of people say that, well, they're going to fire their coach this offseason. I actually think that might help <laughs> LSU's chances. You know, if they were to hire, a, a you know, the, the hot names, Dave Aranda, Joe Brady's not coming back to college. Just forget that one. I've uh, seen Lane Kiffin's name be thrown around, whatever. I, I think that would actually help their cause. But apparently Tommy Reese has been on him for a while. He's connected with the dad. The kid's coming up on an unofficial visit this weekend. I personally don't see it being a deal that they end up getting him. But I'll tell you what, I like the fact they're taking the swing. And and I I like Walker Howard. I don't I don't have him as a five star. So I did the quarterback grades for SIL American, most of them. There's a couple that 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 John Garcia was adamant this guy's got to be higher. It's like, okay, no big deal. We had Walker Howard as a top 10 quarterback in the country in, in a solid, you know, pretty solid quarterback class. Not as good as next year's, but pretty good. He ended up being a top 50 overall recruit. So, I mean, he's, he's a good football player. Uh, smaller guy, sort of got a Drew Pinish statue, uh, 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 <clears throat> body type and yeah. stature is the word I'm looking for. A little taller than Drew is. Uh, about six one, really athletic. That's the other thing. He can run, but he's he's not a runner per se. You know what I mean? Like he will run, but he's not a runner. Big strong arm. I mean, you you see this little guy. He's like six one one eighty five. You're like, ah, he's probably like a you know like you think he's a Drew Pine type. Nope. He's got a hose. Ball placement accuracy needs some work, but he's a really talented kid. So, so take your shot. I mean, this is right. This is what we've been complaining about for years, right? Yep. Like. They don't even try. Oh, he's going to LSU. His dad went to LSU. Ah, we're not going to waste our time. Take your shot. If you don't get him, you don't get him. But you're definitely not going to get him if you don't try. Yeah, exactly. So I, I like it. Uh, and again, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think they're going to flip him. But the fact is, he's visiting. And when you when a kid comes and visits and on, on his, his own, own dime, dime, on his own dime, yeah, which means you still have the option of bringing him back for an official if things go well. I mean, you're in the game, right? Now, do I think they're going to get them? No, I don't, but they're certainly in the game. It's going to be a huge, huge weekend. And I'll tell you one thing I like about this, what Notre Dame has done this weekend. They're, other than Walker Howard and some commits, so Jalen Sneed's going to be on campus this weekend. 
with Josh. I believe Josh Burnham and Nolan Ziegler are going to be on campus this weekend. Uh, those are the ones that I've confirmed. I, Tom Loy has reported that the two off, in-state offensive linemen are also going to be on campus this weekend, uh, and, and Joey Tenona and, and uh, Ashton Craig. But what they've done is this is a 2023 weekend primarily, and, and I like that. And, and so 2022, the big weekend is going to be the USC night game. I like the idea that they're bringing in Xavier Nwankpa and Anthony Lucas and Hero Canoe and those guys in, in in the USC game and to make this one a 2023 game. Okay. Dante Moore is going to be on campus. Cardinal Tate's going to be on campus. Jalen Brown's going to be on campus. Those three right there, if Notre Dame were somehow able to pull that, you know, that that coup, that you're talking about five, three top 50 recruits right there. I mean, you're talking about a couple five-star recruits right there. I mean, that is a program-changing group of players there's going to be a couple offensive linemen on campus um trying to think oh malik muhammad's going to be on campus now that one is a big one malik muhammad is a cornerback from the dallas area he had transferred img for the spring came back to dallas Hmm. he visited notre dame this summer he's coming back this weekend he is a top 75 recruit that is now making his second unofficial on his own dime visit to notre dame if he if he shows up this weekend, that's going to tell me something, Vince. Because why is he coming up to Notre Dame twice yeah. on a dime if he's not real serious about Notre Dame? Yeah. So I, I really I really like that they're making a push there. Samuel and Pemba, who's a, a really athletic kid, could play tight end. DN, he's supposed to be up here this weekend. He's tweeted that he's going to be up here this weekend. And then of course at linebacker, you've got your you've got your dream offensive skill group on campus this weekend, right? Quarterback, receiver. Uh, and, and Dante Moore, uh, Jalen Brown, and, and uh, Carnell Tate. You've also got your dream linebacker class coming on campus this weekend. In in Drake Bowen, who's the in-state kid, and then, of course, Sonny Styles. Now, I think Notre Dame is a much better position with Sonny Styles than they are Drake Bowen. I think Drake Bowen is going to be a much tougher pull than people think. People think he's an in-state kid. He's not a born-and-raised family from Northwest Indiana kid. He is a kid that has strong Southern ties, and I think the Southern schools right now are <clears> – <throat> are in a good position. So Notre Dame's got a lot of work to do, but they're putting in the work. And I'll say this, they're not assuming they're going to get him because he's an in-state kid. Right. They're putting in the work, and, and that's good. a cool thing for me. So, But, you know, look, they're going to have the 2022 linebackers on campus this weekend with the exception of Junior 2 Alamaca. That's going to help kind of getting that bond. Nolan Ziegler played against Drake Bowen this year and dominated. So I think Nolan realizes, like, that's the lowest-ranked linebacker recruit that Notre Dame has because they just dominated us. Uh, you know, so I think that helps, and they connected a little bit after the game. So uh, th- those are the, to me, those are the the big ones. Those are the big names this weekend. And, and look, I don't expect necessarily any commits this weekend, but you never know. I didn't expect, uh, I didn't necessarily expect Lorenzo Styles and Deion Colsey to commit. You know, when they at the same stage when they visited for USC in 2019, and they both committed. So there, there's a chance that a couple kids could pop. I just, I'm not predicting it. I don't think, you know, I don't see it happening. I'm not yeah. predicting it, but I, well, I could see it happening, but I'm not predicting it. But if they do get a commitment this weekend, it would be, oh, and then Caden Feagan, the kid from Illinois, that big 6'3", 220 pound kid that camped this summer is a 2023 kid. Can play running running back. Back. Yeah. He's also going to be on campus this weekend. So, and that's a guy that Notre Dame staff definitely wants. So huge, huge 2023 recruiting weekend for Notre Dame this week. And nice. then, of course, the Walker Howard visit. We got a super chat, Brian. I assume you're down lower because you just joined, so I'm going <clears> to <throat> let you grab that. I'll stay up top where I'm at. 
Is that from Lawrence Adams? Thank you, Lawrence. Really appreciate the super chat. Says Notre Dame shouldn't be a true top ten with this, uh, with as big of a weakness as this O line is. Hopefully, Cincinnati is not a true top ten either. Cincinnati looks like a smaller version of Florida State to me. Uh, to me, honestly, if we're if we're talking defense, they are a more athletic version of what Wisconsin's defense is. Uh, that's how I see Cincinnati. Um, they don't play it the same way, but it's similar tendencies and things that they do in the front seven to me. Um, but I think their secondary is a whole lot different. I, okay. I think I think their Fair box enough. is similar. Yes, the box is what the I was three man about. plus two physical yeah. inside linebackers. That's right. similar, but they 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 do a whole lot of different stuff on the back end. Yeah. Yep. But yeah. And and look, I understand where you're coming from, Lawrence. I do. I totally get it because Notre Dame's offensive line has not been good, but. Find me 10 teams that don't have flaws because this year the flaws are abundant yes. uh, with, with teams across the country who are normally top 10 teams. And so you Dude, Clemson's got a legitimate shot at being two and three after this weekend. Yeah. And you got to have Tim Kovic wasn't hurt. I'd get, I'd predict them to be two and three. After oh, I, I would have absolutely. If Phil Jakovic <laughs> was healthy, um, but you got to have 10 at the top. So, you know, is it, a top 10 team maybe last year or the year before, maybe not, but this year, I don't know that I can come up with 10 teams that are better yeah. to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, so believe me, I understand where you're coming from. Lawrence, this offensive line is lacking. Yeah. I think still. we are all lacking context. <clears throat> I, I, right. That's, that's my thing is, and, and look, this is something that you and I discussed during the summer, Vince, this was going to be a down year nationally for a lot of teams. Correct. Ohio state's flawed. We told you they were going to be flawed this off season. Clemson's flawed. I told you, I've been telling people for months that Clemson was going to be flawed. And why are they going to be flawed? Because we said you've got a mobile quarterback behind a bad offensive line. And the other thing that I've criticized them for is they've recruited a bunch of cookie cutter receivers. And so now they don't have that little slot guy that can do damage when the offensive line's getting beat. In four games, DJ Ungalale, did I did I do it right? Uwe Ungalale. Pretty good. Uwe Yeah, you're, you're right uh, He has yet to get to 200 yards passing. We're Crazy. complaining about how Jack Cohn's Crazy. only thrown for like 230 a game, you know, the last couple of games. He has yet to get to 200 yards passing. So and That's what he does. He doesn't scramble. He yes, doesn't like yes. that's what he does. I mean – I would not trade Notre Dame's offensive roster for Clemson's right now. Right. People may disagree, but I mean, that's why I say you got to recruit to a certain style and they just recruited a bunch of five stars. They weren't focusing as much as they used to on getting guys that fit what they're looking for. Right. Absolutely. So to me, you know, Clemson, Oklahoma's flawed. Their offense has kind of been sputtering. I think they're going to, I predict them to wake up a little bit against K-State tomorrow, which I would have predicted differently if, if Skylar Thompson was playing the quarterback for Kansas State. But you look, oh, they're struggling. Oklahoma has three wins over FBS teams by a combined 15 points. And and Notre, we're complaining about Notre Dame, you know, beating yeah. only beating Purdue by 14, right? Like, there's a lot of people dealing with this. Everybody's talking about how good Bama is because what they did to Miami. I think we now realize Miami sucks. <laughs> I, that's so. one where I got wrong. I thought Miami was going to be good this year. I predict them to go 9-3 and three this year. So, but they stink, and I just love how Virginia tried to give them that game last night on a silver platter, and Miami is like, "Nah, we're good. You know, <laughs> we're, we're fine. We're fine." Um, you know, it, there's oh, a lot great. of flawed teams this year. <clears throat> a lot of flawed teams, and so that's why we're kind of ticked that the Notre Dame offense, because that should never be a flaw for Notre Dame. Right. I understand that agree. some years your O line's not going to be great. Totally fine with that. Right. But it should never be bad. 
Yeah. And it has been bad. Yep. And, and, and that's a question. And I did want to bring up something kind of along this lines. So, uh, William Perry said, or does this, says, does Jeff Quinn not get credit for how good of an offensive lineman we had the last couple years? I asked because there's a lot of chatter about fans not happy with him. The offensive line is, was not good the last couple of years. The offensive line was good last year. Right. Brian Kelly even it finally admitted last year that the 2019 offensive line wasn't good. And they didn't start getting good-ish until late in the year when a couple guys were hurt and they were playing crappy teams. But the offensive line in 2019 was not good. And we talked about that. And what was the what the 2018 offensive line was solid. It wasn't special. It wasn't great. It was just kind of okay. They weren't like a you know right. finalist for the Joe Moore Award. What was different last year? Number one, you had 140 career starts coming back. Okay. So sometimes you can't even mess that up. <laughs> Number two, you had a very heavy Harry Heastan, Jeff, uh, uh, Chris Watt influence. And yes. Harry Heastan has a lot more, gets a lot more, and there's there's only so much I can say publicly, but Harry Heastan should get a lot more credit for last year's offensive line than people realize. And I'm talking direct credit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Vince, you, you, you kind of know what I'm talking about. So, no, I don't give him yeah. a ton of credit. And, and that's why Vince and I said this offseason, we're going to learn a lot about just how good Jeff Quinn is because, hey, you know what's different about this year's line than last year's line? There's no Harry Heastan recruits on it really anymore. Josh Lugg's the only one. Every other kid in this rotation right now was a Jeff Quinn recruit or a transfer. Last year's team was dominated by four starters that were Jeff Harry Heastan recruits that Harry Heastan coached and developed and still has a connection with to this day. Right. So that's why I don't give him as much credit. And and But that's the thing that's holding Notre Dame back. So I didn't expect them to have a great line this year. We expect them to be solid. The I didn't fact expect that they're that. not even that. The fact yeah. that there's a long way to go to get the solid is a change. Now, I'll say this. If you are a member of the Irish Breakdown message board, which a lot of, a lot of you are, then you've probably seen this. And if you haven't seen this, it's because you're not paying close enough attention to the message board. So get your money's worth. But I put some in, insider nuggets on the board last night, one of them being that talking to a couple sources last night, one of which who has been very critical of the offensive line, said that that um, this was the best week the offensive line has had. And not just going against scout team, but when they're doing one-on-ones against the the, the starting defensive players, this was the best week they've had in, in as far as production. So hopefully that light goes on. And as you and yeah. I said earlier in the week, Vince, there's going to come a game where it clicks and they finally figure it out. Yeah, I just hope it's not do. until after they catch an L. When they do, this team is going to crush people. Because mm. l- let me make this point. <clears throat> Clemson's offensive line has been abysmal, and it's completely – it's why they're 2-2, two and two, with needing a, a goal line stop at the end of the game against Georgia Tech to beat Georgia Tech, who lost to Northern Illinois. Notre Dame is having similar offensive line problems, and they're undefeated. And their last two games against Power 5 teams, they've won by 13 – two Big Ten teams, they've won by 13 and 28. The other Power 5 team they played, yes, it was a three-point win in overtime, but let's not forget that Notre Dame was up 38-20 to 20 at one point in time. Does anyone think that if Notre Dame and Florida State played now, and it's kind of the opposite of what we thought going into the season, yeah, if they played now, that Notre Dame wouldn't win by 30 or 40? Right. With the way Notre Dame's defense is playing now, you know, you're not going to see the mistakes they made in game one. So, uh, yeah, Jeff Quinn's got to figure some stuff out. I hope he does because he is going to be the key – to whether or not Notre Dame is going to be not only a playoff team, but a team that can make a run at a title because the defense is getting there. No the doubt. skill players are there. There's some adjustments Tommy Reese has to make, but it's all going to come down to Jeff Quinn. And can he figure it out? And hopefully he does. And if he does, if he does, they'll get credit for that. Rightfully sure. so.
but it's sure. going to be up to him. I think we have another super chat down there, Brian. Uh, yes, we do from Brandon. Yes, thank you. Uh, Brandon, thank you very much for the super chat. It says, how is Cincinnati's defense run differently now under Trestle than it was under Freeman? I think that's a really, really good question, Brian. And you've broken it down a little bit more closely than I have, so I will defer to you on this. But I, what I will say is there's not a whole lot of difference. But mm. you go ahead. No, I mean, I, I think you already <laughs> answered the question. There's some, like, minor calls here, you know, like yeah. some – I've noticed they're not playing quite as aggressively all the time in coverage as they did last year, but still pretty aggressive. Yeah. I'd say I've noticed a lot more inside fires this year just from a volume standpoint, but the, the schemes are the same. There's just different emphasis. Yeah. The other thing that I've noticed is there's not as much versatility within how much they line up. Like they've been pretty much exclusively kind of a three down team this year. Yeah. Whereas last year they would even, even against non Georgia teams, they would mix things up. I'm curious if they're going to mix things up Saturday. Uh, or not, but uh, so far there hasn't been a lot of differences other than just they've been kind of a three-three-five team a lot more than they were last year. Fair enough. We got That's one more question. super chat to get to before we can start heading back up to where I'm at. John A one, my guy. John, John, what's up, John? Happy Friday, IB. Happy Friday to you, John. Uh, if you're Notre Dame, what's the one-on-one matchup you want to create with Braden Lindsay? Any matchup against a field defender in which Braden Lindsay is on the move before the snap. I like that. And, and what I mean by that is that Corey Bryant, Kobe Bryant, excuse me, uh, is, is a big physical kid that I think can jam Braden at the line. And we've seen people do that. That's why if I'm Notre Dame, I'm getting him on the move. I'm motioning him. I'm putting him in the slot. Put I'm him gonna, in the, put him in a bunch of stack. You motion him across outside and get him moving. And, and so, if you can, if Braden Lindsay can get clean releases, he's faster than anybody that Cincinnati's yeah. going to throw at him. Yep. So it's it's the field guys. Now, if you can figure out ways to get him isolated against a safety, that would be ideal. We haven't seen that kind of creativity from Tommy Reese yet, but those are some things I would like to see in in this particular matchup, John. It's a very good question. All right, back to the top, Tommy Guns. This one cracks me up. Vince, how far away are we from being able to afford you full-time? Uh, pretty far away. <laughs> Just, Vince has five kids, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> and he works for the government, okay? Insurance so. alone would uh, would be would be expensive. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I love where your head's at, Tommy. We Look, it's a – we, we – uh, I just took some kids to a leadership conference, and, of course, I was sitting in, I was listening and all that. And when you have a goal – you got to write down, you know, it's tangible things to get to those goals. That's one of our goals. I mean, that's legitimately one of our goals. It's just a little bit down the road. You know, it's down the road. I'll, I'll say this. We're further along than we thought we'd be. Absolutely. So, like, when I launched Irish Breakdown, you know, I went to Vince, who was replacing me at BGI, and I said, you know, look, when, you're, when your contract is over, you know what you're doing, right? You're coming over <laughs> I here. was like, can we, can we do it now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, so it was always the goal to try to get Vince and I – together i mean we've been friends for a decade you know that was always the goal uh for me was to bring vince on and the goal then i mean we've sat how many times have we sat in before brady's and had business meetings where i kind of go over what my vision is and you know what it would take and and we're way ahead of schedule way ahead of schedule but the schedule was probably you know 10 years it was probably you know five ten years at least uh we're ahead of schedule but we're we're a long way yeah we're a long way there yeah 
An- another full time person is tough. I mean, just I mean, it, well, especially a, a full time person with five kids. <laughs> Single dude, I don't, you know, I, I could do work some different things out with, but uh, <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, Vince okay. is expensive. <laughs> hey, Vince, you want to come work with me? You can't afford me. Okay. <laughs> Robert has like a, question. a big time in your. I've said that before to people. Uh, Robert says, do you think Tyree gets more touches this game after the kickoff return? I sure hope so. It shouldn't have I, taken that kickoff return to, no. to German now, Robert, but no, I mean, Vince has already given you the, God, you know, the prayer. Come on, please. If they're, if, oh, come on now. Yes. Yeah. He should get more touches. Yes, absolutely. hundred um, percent. If they go through this game and he only has three touches, the only way I'm not crushing the offensive staff is if two of them go for like 60 yard touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. <laughs> they're like, okay, he can take a rest. Yeah. That's, that's it. And we have another one from Connor Nepper. Thank you, Aiden. Thank you, Robert, for that super chat very, very much. Hope you enjoyed the game last week with your dad, by the way. Or was it two weeks ago with your dad? Robert uh, gave a super chat and let us know he was going to the game with his dad. Yeah, so right. I hope that's that was right. a lot that's of fun. Right. And then uh, Connor Nepper. Connor, thank you very much as well. He says, let's go, IB Nation. We need all 80,000 screaming tomorrow, 35-17. Hey, that, that's what the home crowd's supposed to do, right? You're supposed right. to be fired up, supposed to make it happen. And uh, hopefully that is the case for sure. Oh, show. Uh, all right. Back to where we are. Tavis McKay says, I want to see a few screenplays this week to use Cincinnati's aggressiveness against them. However, in your opinion, what is the most concerning thing when it comes to running screenplays this week? Well, I mean, when anytime you're running screenplays, you, you have to make sure that um, they're not bailing in coverage. Right, because if they're bailing in coverage and they're only bringing three, your screen probably not going to be all that effective. You, you need to understand what the defense is trying to do, and and you you do a screen at, you know against what they're trying to do. But even with that said, there are screens that you can do. Some of the tunnel screen action, some of the other things that you do on the outside, mm-hmm. where you get Notre Dame's guys in space against, you know, anybody's guys. And that includes Cincinnati's guys. I still like Notre Dame's chances um, because you're getting the ball in the hands of a guy that's moving already with blockers out in front. Um, and whether they're dropping in coverage or not, I still like Notre Dame's chances. <clears throat> so um, is there, you know, look, there's, there's um, what's the word I'm looking for here. There there's a your chance you're taking no matter what play you run. There's always a chance you're going to take that. It's not going to work or whatever. Um, when anytime you throw the ball, just ask Lou Holtz, you know, two of the three things, you know, are bad or whatever. Um, and you're throwing the ball with a screen, but I still want them to do it. I really do. I, I don't think that they've utilized it enough. I think they can run screens against off coverage, press coverage. Yeah. To your point, Vince, it's what screen do you run? If you're right. playing off coverage, I'm bubbling you. I'm yeah. throwing look screens and letting guys. What you don't want to do is necessarily run a tunnel screen against a dropping because they're just going to see it and rally to the ball and blow it up, right? My biggest concern is like kind of what Vince said is, okay, are you running the right screens in the right situations? My second biggest concern is perimeter blocking. It has not been in the screen game this year. And, <clears throat> you know, so if you're not going to – I mean, if, if certain guys aren't going to be getting the ball a ton, the least they can do is block, you know. Yeah, um, absolutely. But um, it's just about committing to it. That's yeah. really what it boils down to. You just have to commit to it. I mean, like, if you're dropping eight, give me a give me a swing screen to Chris Tyree or Kyron Williams where you've got two blockers out in space blocking. Make those guys pursue from from distance. So yep. it's just about committing to it. And, and part of me just really feels like, as I watch more and more of Tommy Reese's offense, it, my criticism is he's so – focused on bring, being a pro-style coach 
that he's missing out on stuff that really works in college. And, and he needs to realize, yeah, it's good to have that pro style stuff and be smart and all that, but these are still college kids and it's still about your dudes being better than their dudes. Right. And, and, you know, the fact so I love the point that somebody made the fact that Ben Skoranek got more carries last year than, you know, on jet sweeps and what Braden Lindsay's gotten this year. Again, it just isn't like us theoretically saying, well, he's fast. So I think he should be able to do it. We've seen him do it. He right. scored a 50 yard touchdown against USC on a reverse. He scored a 60 he yard outran everybody. Yeah, exactly. He, he scored a 60 yard jet sweep shovel pass against Boston college. You know, he scored against New Mexico on a look screen. So, uh, you know, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Irish for life loves being the underdog. Play that disrespect yeah. card, yeah, man. It's it's fantastic. Play with that chip on your shoulder, man. I'm telling you, play with that chip. Tommy Guns, this would have been a great week for a primetime 8 p.m. kickoff. Sometimes I wish that they could flex some things with the NBC schedule because am I looking forward to watching North Carolina at 8 o'clock at this point? Probably not. Uh, but, you know, I mean, it is what it is. It's going to be a great day to be Irish no matter what time the game's played. So I kind of like the big games being afternoon games, personally. Yeah. I mean, think about all the great Notre Dame games in history that we've seen growing they up. Nice it's the '88 yeah, game, the yeah. you know the one, the one big huge game that I remember growing up that was a night game was the '88 Notre Dame Michigan game at the beginning of the season. That was a night game. Mm-hmm. But Florida State was a day game. I like the idea of having a, a a big game kind of being in that middle of the afternoon thing. You know, I I personally like it. So yep, I, I don't mind. <clears throat> I don't mind that it's a day game. Ty B, Andy wearing a green jersey this week. I actually love the ones they wore in 07 against USC. Yeah, but what happened in that? The game? outcome was terrible, <laughs> but it had it's nothing to do with my first ever Notre Dame game. It had nothing to do with what they were wearing. Um, they just got beat. Those are so But if you're going to get your butt kicked, don't look ugly doing it. Like literally <laughs> physically ugly because of the uniforms. I mean, you know, at least look sharp. Hey, we've got our butt kicked, um, but we look good. We look yeah. good. <laughs> look like crap. Yeah, it's what it is. Uh, you want to go grab that one? Yeah. There you go. SJ, SJ. Thank you very much, SJ. Really appreciate it. Just wondering, you guys were able to enjoy when watching Notre Dame games like everybody else. I imagine you were jotting down something. Many thanks. Um, I'm doing a lot of jotting down. I'm writing down every play and my, kind of my thoughts on every play and, you know, the scenarios and stuff like that. But it doesn't take away from my enjoyment. I Like I, I, I told the story about when I saw Chris Tyree that hole open up on the kick return, man. My arms went whoop, like straight up. Like I was that guy in the press box. I was not audible, so I was not in trouble. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I'm i still a fan deep down. Even though I'm writing down my notes and everything, still, still a fan. I'll be honest, last week was the first time I've cheered watching a game in a long time. Yeah. Because yeah. Angelo's with me, and when Chris Tyree took that kickback, I, I high-fived my wife. I haven't responded like that in a long time. <laughs> and so I'll be honest with you, Vince. Um, not being in the press box this year has made me enjoy games more. I believe it. Just because even though I'm working, I'm at least able to enjoy the environment yeah. more. Because, you know, I was at the first couple games and uh, won't be at this one. But, you know, it, it, it's, it, it has made me enjoy it more, to be honest right. with you. It, it's almost, yeah. I don't yeah. have to tamp down my, you know, because you become conditioned to certain things, right? 100%. I mean, yeah. Come, become conditioned to not being able to respond. And, you know, fortunately, my wife doesn't punch me in the leg when something good happens. Like some dude I know that I used to sit by at games. This guy over here, right? That guy. <laughs> so, uh, but no, I, 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 
I have enjoyed games more this year than I have yes. in the past. I'll be yes. honest. And it's not just because they're winning because they've won in the past. It's just it's yeah, it's like I think I've like I've deprogrammed myself of the whole be quiet, don't show emotion kind of It's thing. true though, because you do get programmed and like when I go watch my kid, uh I don't cheer. Like I just sit there and I get annoyed with other people. Like mm-hmm. I, you just become programmed not to do it and it kind of stinks. Uh, let's see here. Tommy Guns is playing against the best team in Ohio on Saturday, which he ain't wrong. I was gonna rankings say. wise, he's not wrong. Yeah, right. Uh, DJ Wilson, I don't understand the betting line. Notre Dame at home against an AC AAC team. Are you kidding me? You said the same thing last week. I'm with you, man. I yeah, two weeks in a row. I don't get it. I really, I really don't get it. And uh, the mortgage is on the line this week too. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm joking, but. Um, I don't get it either. I really don't understand it. Benj1801, did the O-line play better in the second half against Wisconsin, or was it more of the same? Fourth quarter, they played better, I think. I I felt they did, fourth quarter, not early. People say, oh, the offensive line was better when Drew Pine came in. No, no, they still gave up a sack that caused a fumble. And and it it caused them to go. I mean, Drew Drew Pine got sacked in a quarter. I mean, he played basically a quarter of football and got sacked twice. Yeah, right. You know, so let's not act like, oh, it's all Jack Cohn. You know, he holds on to the ball too long. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> um, you know, but uh, I thought the fourth quarter, after they took the lead, I thought they were more physical. They were getting a little bit more of a push. I think they were wore Wisconsin down a little bit. You know, that's why I feel like, you know, part of me feels like, okay, if they can just kind of carry that. And they still weren't good. They still were giving up run throughs. I mean, they still weren't good, but at least they were being physical and working right. together a little bit. And it's like that's all you need, right? I mean, that's, I mean, you know, it's all you need. Yeah, Irish for life. God bless IB Nation. I pray you all well. We right back at you. Yeah. Uh, Domer Grizz says, "Happy Friday." Why do you think Cone has been underthrowing his deep balls to Lindsay? Is he not reading it early enough? Unable to step into the throw in a collapsing pocket. Arm strength. Thanks. Yes. Just, no, I mean, I, I think he's not getting the ball out soon enough, right? Yeah. He's he's double hitching. Uh, I think part of that is at times the pocket, but at times he's just double hitching and he's aiming it. I, th- I think that's the thing is, and, you know, arm strength, he can't afford to aim those throws. He's got to do what he did to Avery Davis and just launch that sucker and let Braden – I would much rather you overthrow Braden Lindsay than underthrow him because here's the thing. Kevin yes. Austin, I'd say the exact opposite for because I feel like Kevin could go win those contested he'll, throws. He'll win the 50-50 ball. Right. Yeah. Braden Lindsay's not. He, he, nor should you ask him to. You know? It's I not mean, his how, game. How many times did they ask Will Fuller to do that? It's not right. his game. Right. I, I say, look, drop back, hit your drop, and launch it out there. Let Braden run underneath it. You know, that, that's going to be the key. But I, I think it's a lot about uh, just Braden runs at a different speed than everybody else. And Jack's got to let her rip. That's what I believe it boils down to. It's a very good question. All right. Jacob C says the O-line is almost there. Getting the younger guys to be more consistent is key. That takes experience, and each game counts towards that. Go Irish. What younger guys? What younger guys are we talking about? There's one position that has younger players. One. Left tackle. They have a 24-year-old, sixth-year senior who's been bad. Really? They have a fifth-year senior who's been like worse than he was two years ago when he started five games. Right? Zeke Carell's a junior in college. Robert Hainsey was a three-year starter by the time he was a junior in college, right? Like, come on. This isn't about youth. Right. And do I think they're almost there? I hope so. Almost, But what does almost there mean? Like, almost there to being competent? 
because that's the next step, right? Yeah, right. So, you know, I'm with it's you. not about youth, Jacob. That's a that's that don't buy the Brian Kelly spin. Please don't buy the buy the Brian Kelly spin. That uh, that's the thing that drives me the most nuts. Yes, they got to work at getting better, but you know what? You have, have a defense where everybody over there was learning a brand new defense. Right. You know, guys stepping into new roles. JD Bertrand's never played. I mean, is JD Bertrand any less experienced than freaking Zeke Carell? No. And look what he's done. You know what I mean? Like, and they've gotten better each and every week because they're coached right. well, because they yeah. have coaches that focus on fundamentals, not scheme, scheme, scheme. That's the difference. God, I don't know why I got so fired up on that one, Jacob. I don't know, but you did. But I, hey, what, I, it's not at you, Jacob. It's just the whole Brian, the fact that Brian Kelly keeps pushing this, and and, and it, you got a six-year senior, a fifth-year senior, a senior, a junior in your starting lineup. All yeah. who all who have started at least two games before. If right. Zeke Carell played this year like he did last year against Alabama, he'd be good. Exactly. Yep. All right, Brian. I got to. I got like super chat right here. Thanks, right Ray. Here. Really appreciate it. IB rules. Um, there's a ton of teachers out today, so I have to get going a little early, and I apologize. Where'd you leave off, Vince? I don't think I, I'm close. I don't think you are either. If you go all the way to the top, what time are you at? 12.59. Okay, I'm gonna, I'll am gonna. i take some screenshots and send them to you. Okay. Okay. All right, now, uh, are you actually leaving right now? Like, Are you going to be able to pull a couple of those up while you're doing some I can stuff? Pull, I can pull them up for a minute. Yeah, I'll yeah, do that, and then exactly. whatever I don't screenshot. get, to, I'll screenshot for you. Okay, thanks. Buddy. Everybody, enjoy tomorrow. I'm telling you, I said it at the top of the show. Feeling really good about tomorrow, man. <laughs> he ain't wrong. I he said it out wrong. loud. I'm like, I don't know how he does it. I'm already getting parched. <laughs> he ain't wrong. <laughs> teamwork, baby. Domer. Driscoll Household's all about teamwork. Domer. You nailed it, buddy. I love that. That is fantastic. Right. I love Thank, that. All right, guys. For, I will see you guys later. today, Vince. Appreciate <laughs> no you. No problem. All right, so Vince is going to get some more questions here. We're going to get as many as we can before he has to go. Uh, Joel Gallego says, ready to see Freeman dial it up on Ritter early with all the trash talk floating around. Conversely, ready to see a great competitive game, but ultimately my prediction, Notre Dame 28, Cincinnati 14. I, I like it. That's close to mine. I was 27-16. So we're, we're, we're close, Joel. We're close. RJG Irving, many high school level teams having O-line issues this year. Any uh, Many high level teams. I think I said high school level teams. Many high-level teams having O-line issues this year. Our defense is just better at, at uh, our best athletes opting for defense or our coaches changing technique and failing. I honestly don't know. I, I know that there, that is happening in some places. I know Oklahoma's having some struggles. But, again, their struggles are more about – I don't think the guys that are playing at Oklahoma right now are as good as guys in the past. But their struggles are a whole lot different than Notre Dame's. If Notre Dame was rushing for the yards that Oklahoma was rushing before, for, they'd be scoring like 45 points a game. Notre Dame's line has been bad. Clemson's line's never been that good, and, and and they were not good last year. And this is what we talked about this summer. They were bad last year. I think Coach Caldwell's been there a long time. I think he's a good old boy. I like Coach Caldwell. I've, I've sat in clinics where he's talked before. I just think he just isn't. He just I just sometimes look. This happens, right? Coaches have shelf lives, where the message just doesn't work anymore. And I and I think that's been kind of coming at Clemson for a while. And I think, again, they went away from recruiting what, what got them there. They used to recruit these three-star kids with upside that were real tough and hungry. They started to recruit more of these four-star. I'll, I'll be willing to bet you their current offensive line has more highly ranked kids in it than the 2016 or 2018 offensive lines. But they went away from recruiting the kind of kids that got them there. I think that's true at a lot of positions for Clemson. 
Irish for life. Will Brendan Clark ever get a chance to play? Do you think he transfers after three years when he has his degree? Um, no, I don't think he's ever going to play at Notre Dame unless there's like crazy injuries. He's not even healthy enough to play right now. Uh, do I think he'll transfer? I honestly don't know. I don't really like to. I don't really like to predict that. I, if I were him, I would just because I'd, you know, I'd get my degree. And if I, if he does want to play, but I don't, I don't know if he's going to be healthy enough to play. His, his knee injury is supposedly pretty bad. So I don't know how that's going to go. Question, Vince, you talked about cone and drop backs besides the different step drops. What about moving the pocket? Uh, don't mean all rollouts. Uh, look, TJ Vince and I have talked about this during the, the, the whole last couple weeks, few weeks is I'm not a team. I'm not a believer in it just boot and roll out all game, right? Which you're, which you said, that's not what you're talking about, but I am a firm believer that, that in most offenses, you cannot just have your quarterback sitting behind the center the whole game, because if I'm a defense and I always know where the quarterback's going to be, then it's a lot easier for me to design my schemes is, Hey, look, we're going to, we're going to do this. I think when, when they move the pocket, look, the pass game needs to be a combination of screens, quicks, drops, play actions from the pocket. Then I, they need to have some bootlegs, nakeds and bootlegs, and then they need to have a few sprint outs in certain situations where you're using motion to maybe get a leverage, you sprint out real quick, and you get that ball out quickly. Uh, or you fake that and then throw something different. But, yes, I'm a big believer in mixing up the pocket. Uh, and I, I was a believer in that as a quarterback, too. I mean, just I always felt like if I got a bootleg, there was a good chance I wasn't actually going to get hit on that particular play. <laughs> so. Of course, my dumb butt. I would start scrambling around and stuff and then still get hit anyway, but whatever. Irish Cubby, biggest game on the schedule this year. If they have been holding stuff back on offense, this is a game to let all go. Yeah, okay, so that's the nice thing is is after this game, we don't have to hear about people asking if they're holding stuff back anymore because they're not – well, we're holding it back for the Stanford game. You know what I mean? Like if, 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 if that is happening, and I don't think that it is, uh, although Vince is hopeful. I know he said yesterday he's, he's kind of – you know, he's he's crossing his fingers, hoping that they were holding some stuff back. But you're you're absolutely right, Irish Cubby. This will be the week that we see it. This would be the game they've been holding it back for. Which knowing Brian Kelly, you know, they 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 pulled out some stuff for the field for playing BC last year that I wish they would have done earlier. He's kind of petty like that, uh, which I kind of dig. I could see them kind of holding some stuff back for the Cincinnati game because he's like, There's no way in heck I'm losing to Cincinnati. <laughs> no way in heck he's, he wants to lose to Cincinnati. I got. I'll, I'll pull these couple super chats up here real quick. William Watson Weatherburger. That is an awesome name. Thank you for the super chat. That is so great. How would an in-season position coach firing work? Uh, who would take over the position? Would it come at the expense of other rooms? Uh, no. Usually they would just put like a, a GA, or they would like maybe move. You know, maybe move like I don't know if John McNulty can coach it. I would imagine he probably could, but him and the GA could do it, and then they'd have one of the other J GAs take over tight ends and things like that. But, but barring, barring some sort of ethical problem, Brian Kelly's not firing any assistant coaches this year, nor should he. I, I'm not a believer in firing coaches in the season. I'm definitely not a believer in firing coaches in this during the season when you're, when you're winning stuff needs to get fixed. Firing Jeff Quinn in week four, that's not the answer. Getting Jeff Quinn some help during the season. That's the answer, not firing him. And Patrick says, I, uh, with a huge super chat, appreciate you, Patrick. I apologize for my absence this month. My sister passed. Oh man, my sister passed away, and I've had a real tough time. If the IB family can say a prayer for my sister Derisa, uh, I would appreciate it. She will be with the Irish on Saturday. Hey man, I am. Um, I'm really sorry to hear that, Patrick. I. Yeah, 
Uh, I'm sorry to hear that, man. We'll be praying for her, but we'll be praying for you um, and, and your whole family, man. Just um, shoot me an email, right? And you know that your IB family's there with you and there for you. No question about it, buddy. We, we got your back on that. But we'll definitely be praying for you, Patrick. Definitely playing. And, and, you know, you're already seeing it, buddy. You're already seeing it. We got we got your back. Okay, so just um, shoot me an email, brian at irishbreakdown.com. If there's anything you need, Patrick, you, you just let me know. Okay. All right. Looks like Vince has sent me some screenshots. So I'm going to try to get to some of these. All right. Um, got one from Matt H. If Cincinnati gets down like they did against IU, this defense is going to be licking its chops after last week. I agree. Um, Jordan Schreiber has this game being 28-7 in favor of Notre Dame. Got a couple more here. Gideon Rosa, 34-17 Notre Dame. If uh, Kyron Williams rushes for more than 100 yards, we win this game. If Kyron Williams rushes for more than 100 yards, Notre Dame is going to win this game by three touchdowns. I was talking with a buddy of mine who who uh, is on the Notre Dame beat today, and we were kind of joking, like, I'd be thrilled for, like, 60. If they just got the 60 yards for Kyron Williams, I feel like this game would would be a route. But, uh, yeah, if he goes for 100 yards, they'll, they'll win this game convincingly, in my opinion. Which now that I say that, he's going to rush for 140 and they're going to score 10 points. That just kind of seems how it always kind of goes. Bang 8, 1801. The players have to hear all that noise coming from Cincinnati players. Defense is going to be flying. Agreed. Jeff Fluke, if the line keeps playing the same way, are, do you think Kyron Williams a turn? I think his draft value might take a hit. I think you could look at it the other way, Jeff, and that is would he want to come back and play behind this offensive line? I, I, I don't think he would. I wouldn't. Ryan Gavin, can you explain the role of the Viper position and what characteristics good Viper would have? That's a good one, Ryan. Uh, this is one of those questions that, that that we missed. Vince took some screenshots so we could try to get as many of them as possible. So the Viper is basically a weak side defensive end in, in old school form. More specific to Notre Dame, it's the boundary defensive end. Your Viper needs to be good at two things for sure. Number one, he has to be physical enough to set the edge effectively in the run game. Uh, when teams run at him, he needs to be able to either uh, force a bounce, which a bounce into the boundary is great because you've got the sideline there, or he's got to be able to aggressively take on a block and force a quick cutback. So you have to be strong enough to do that. Uh, they need a guy that can rush the quarterback. So you have to guy that's got some twitchiness to him, ideally. Uh, a guy that can kind of come off some bursts, but also enough power to power rush because you can't just you just can't speed rush all the time. And Notre Dame would like a, a Viper that also has enough athleticism and instincts as a player to drop into coverage. They would like a guy that can kind of jump underneath curl routes into the boundary, jump underneath a quick game, you know, quick outs and, 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 and deep outs and things like that. That's good enough to do that. But, you know, it's, it's really essentially a, a, an old school weak side end. Although, as I said, it's not, it's not technically weak side anymore. It's more boundary. So that is basically what a Viper is. And and one thing that Notre Dame specifically likes, and this isn't necessarily a requirement for a, for a Viper in, in theory, but it's something that Notre Dame really likes, which I understand, is they really like length. And I think in the modern game, I would say in the modern game, length has become even more important than it used to be because of the fact that so much is so much of offenses nowadays is the ball coming out quickly you know, screens, bubbles, quick game, RPOs. A lot of this is the ball coming out quickly. And so 
you have you know you can really be kind of come a three a three-way threat if you're six five six six with really long arms and that is number one as a pass rusher number two is a run defender but number three is is when they get the ball out quickly you've got that length to get your get your hands up and get into throwing zones and when you look at some of the young players that Notre Dame has recruited obviously you've got Foskey but even even Jason Onye you look at Alexander Ehrensberger, Will Schweitzer, they're all really long. Uh, Riley Mills is really long. The upcoming class, Tyson Ford is really long. Aiden Gabera is really long. Anthony Lucas is long. Hero Canoe is long. Keon Keeley is freakishly long. Brendan Vernon is long. They love length, and I think that's smart, especially in today's game. I don't think you have to be long. Dalen Hayes wasn't long, super long. But it helps if you are, especially in today's game, in my opinion. Uh, and, and that's one of the things that made Adi Tagumba Ogandiji so long. She just couldn't get into his body when his technique was right because he was so strong and long that he could keep you off of his body. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.